are in for a real treat. This is going to be great. We have the honor and privilege of interviewing Salvador Perez. That's right, Salvador Perez. He has an incredible career so far, being a costume designer for so many of your favorite movies, shows, and has styled some of your favorite celebrities. You know ours is Mindy Kaling. He was the costume designer on all of Mindy Kaling's projects, from The Mindy Project, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Never Have I Ever, both seasons one and two, The Sex Lives of College Girls, seasons one, and Champions. Yeah, he was the costume designer for Soul Food, Drumline, Veronica Mars, William and Kate, and both Think Like a Man, in all three Pitch Perfect movies, and most recently, the iconic Hocus Pocus 2. He was the president for the Costume Designers Guild for the last decade. His work is absolutely incredible, and we couldn't be more thrilled to talk with him. So without further ado, let's dive into this interview. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindy the Podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. We're super excited to have you. You're super talented. We love all of your work, honestly. So we just want to ask, how are you? <laughs> just to get us started. I'm, you know, I'm great. It's this weird, um, I kind of didn't realize it until everybody pointed out. It is the 10-year anniversary of the Mindy Project. It is the 10-year anniversary of Pitch Perfect. And it is the 10-year anniversary of Think Like a Man. And I'm working with that director who I met 20 years ago. So it's just like, wow, 10 years ago was an interesting time for me. I've also given up my presidency at the Guild, which is a decade with them. So there's this very weird sort of like 10-year thing going on that it's interesting. Like, what's the next 10 years going to (laughs) be? Exactly. I mean, you already have so much under your belt for 10 years. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I guess uh, you just want to jump right into it? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, I guess also happy Indigenous People Day as well. Right. But you said you started out as a costume manufacturing floorman as a stitcher, and you Mm -hmm. made up your way through the fashion up to a fashion designer. What inspired you to keep going? Well, it's sort of funny. I mean, I, you know, I'm from a small town in, in, in Fresno. I fashion, like, you know, try, trying to find Vogue magazine was hard. Um, <laughs> and so I, 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 me, this young kid from a farm town, wanted to be a fashion designer. And um, I had gr- a great high school counselor who was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, I want to be a fashion designer. And she's like, what are you doing to prepare for it? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, well, maybe you should learn how to sew. We have sewing classes. And I'm like, I can't take a sewing class. I'm a boy. And she's like, no, no, we'll get you into sewing class. And so she put me into, into sewing, basic sewing class my freshman year in high school. And I had a great um, home ec teacher, um, Nicole Mott Hansen, who's still a friend today. Um, and she sort of took me under her wing. And I had four years of high school sewing by the time I went to design school. And then I heard about FITM. And I went to FITM. And back then, uh, FITM was a, a, had a fashion program. It didn't have a costume program. Um, and in design school, it was like, let's make a shirt waist dress. Let's make a basic skirt. I'm like, no, let's make a fabulous gown. And they're like, and it, was like <laughs> yes. it was, you know, it wasn't what the school is now. Um, and I sort of, sort of, uh, started to sew, you know, for people, you know, I made wedding gowns and I did alterations and I sort of fell into film because somebody knew I could sew. And so they would hire me to like build stuff on the weekends and for, for films. And I met a couple of costume designers and then. Um, Joseph Porro, who was designing, um, I had done several films with him, and he was designing Super Mario Brothers and needed somebody to, to set up a workroom for him in North Carolina. So he took me away to do that. And, um, and I actually had to leave the show early because I was designing a big wedding for a producer, Tracy Edmonds. Um, so I had to leave Super Mario Brothers to go back to my fashion business. Um, and then ironically, Tracy Edmonds, who married Kenneth, Kenneth, Tracy McCorn, who married Kenneth Edmonds, produced Soul Food. And at that point, I had been building, you know, I was building clothes for like Titanic and Stargate. 
Uh, and Tracy's like, we're producing a film called Soulful. Do you want to design it? I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And, you know, it was sort of like, I'm still thinking like, this is just until my fashion line takes off. Yeah. And then once I started costume design, I never looked back. <laughs> wow. I mean, and he's a huge fan of Soul Food, oh, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I, had to, I had to remind myself because with doing our, like, background and everything, you know, prepping for this episode, I was just like, Every movie that I love, I was like, Vacation Friends. I, I was like, I love that movie. It's hilarious. I was like, so food. I mean, like, I feel like one of the most iconic, like, you know, black films out there. So, yeah, I was super excited to talk to you. Yeah, I've had a fairly diverse career. I mean, you know, and for, for a minute there, I was, you know, like the sports designer. I did Drumline and and um, yes. Rebound and Mr. 3000. I was doing all these sports movies. <laughs> and it's sort of funny how that, those sports movies led me to where I am now. Yeah, I was actually on Veronica Mars, and I got kind of you know it was third season. I was bored, and so uh, my agent got me a call, uh, an interview on a movie called The Comebacks. And normally I read a script and do a presentation before I have the meeting, but the script came late, and I had a meeting the next day. So I got home late, and I read the script, and it's a sports movie. I'm like, I, I don't want a sports movie. So I called my agent next morning. I'm like, I don't want this meeting. She's like, Sal, it's, the meeting's in an hour. You can't just cancel at the last minute. It's unprofessional. Just go to the meeting and don't accept the job. You know, and so I'm like, fine. So I went to the meeting unprepared, no presentation, nothing. And the um, the director, I said, I'm so sorry, I didn't have time for a presentation. They're like, are you kidding? Your resume is your presentation. And he started <laughs> to label, name off costumes and specific films I had done. And I'm like, wow, this guy really like knows my work. And, want, and I'm like, no, I do want to work with him. Well, I met yeah. a producer named Laura Greenlee, who then introduced me to Kevin Smith, who was doing Zack and Mary Make a Porno. Oh, yeah. And Another I met <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. Who then brought me on to Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then Mindy had seen Pitch Perfect and Think Like a Man back to back. And she said, that guy dresses women in all different stations and sizes. And I love what he does. Let's bring him up for a meeting. So it's funny how that the sports movies brought me to Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, she's been one of your biggest collaborators. You've done every one of her shows. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, we've had a great working relationship. We get each other. We speak the same language. And I remember reading an interview where you had talked about how she's a great collaborator. I, I think it's also because she respects fashion so much. She sees it as an art form, is seeing it as a way to tell stories. Do you like think that helped a lot with like fittings and things? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is that like most actors dread fittings, and Mindy would come in on a weekend off for fittings. And our fittings were like four hours because we had to do massive closets of clothes. I mean, she could have thirty changes in one half hour episode. Um, and she, we really spoke the language of, of fashion. Like we would. Anytime that there was like a break in filming and we were sitting next to each other, we were passing photos back and forth. And people were like, oh, there they are talking about clothes again. But being able to have that language with a, with a producer, director, star was phenomenal. I mean, she really, and, and like one of her things was like, you have to dress me adorably because Mindy Lahiri says horrible things. <laughs> and if she says horrible things, but she looks yeah. adorable, it sort of softens the horrible things. Right, you need a redeeming quality being a fashionista. <laughs> right. I mean, but it, and it was also funny. Like we, you know, you know, we, she would do things like daytime sparkle or you know, sequence for daytime, and um, we, we got to be, you know, towards. The, it started out very sort of fun, and and by the end we were very lavish. I mean, we were buying well, couture gowns, yeah. and you know, and we were custom making. We really have, and and I think that the, the co I mean, even the studio said that the costumes on the show got more more press than some of the actors. <laughs> No, I totally agree with that. Like, you can see the evolution of her fashion throughout the entire series. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's classic the entire time. Because even in the beginning episode, she has, like, such a unique style. But it is really fun to see that kind of 
expand throughout the series and having more outfit changes like you do notice towards the end like she has like five or six seven eight outfits it, it sort of happened at the end of season one we had this massive closet i'm like oh it's too bad that there's not more episodes because we have all these clothes she's like i'm gonna write a montage and so she wrote a montage in and there was like 14 <laughs> changes and she loved it and so then once we started talking about it she's like well i'm gonna top that and then one of the episodes she had 32 changes and mind you it's a 28 minutes of camera time yeah. <laughs> We just and we loved it. We you know and and this and she was very supportive. The studio was very supportive because, you know, once we started doing her bag collection and her shoe collection, it was you know we had a it was we, we were able to really play with fashion. Well, and you do such a fabulous job of combining like the the coats. Every coat she had always matched her outfit, and even like there was that one coat that's just beautiful that it just has a little embellishment on like the trim. Um, from the dress that she's wearing, and I love it. It's just like the small details. Well, the coats were almost all custom. I mean, because you couldn't find coats that match, so we custom-made coats. So you're talking about the green coat that she wore with the yellow and white floral yes. dress that we piped the coat in the same, yeah. I loved that. That was um, season, episode six, and we were hiding your pregnancy. Yes, that's right. And that had to be kind of challenging towards the last season. As oh, well, of... especially since we went from four to seven months pregnant. So, yeah. and, and then we shot out of order because Chris Messina was on a film. So all his episodes for the season were shot in like one and a half weeks. So dresses that we established in episode one had to be shot again in episode uh, 10 with her going from four to six months pregnant. So we really had to, I mean, I remember like, cause I almost didn't come back for season six cause I had a big film offer and it was okay. only a 10 episode season. And um, Mindy called, and she's like, I have to tell you something. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I'm pregnant. We have to hide it. And I'm like, okay, I can't not be there, because who else is going to do this with me? Oh, I and I'm glad. That. I cannot imagine not having finished that show. And the, yeah. and the work we did in that final season, like those, la those last two dresses, the multi-tiered lace dress to the wedding and then the black crystal dress. I mean, they're two of my favorite dresses on the show. Well, even that one, the lace dress that you're talking about, like you made the mini version yeah. for little Catherine. I think that is so cute. <laughs> I loved that. Because she was very pregnant. Yeah, we wanted to do like a mommy and me collection if the show had gone on, but it didn't. Oh, that is amazing. Also, she had a little I mean, Leo. She didn't have a little girl, so. I know, and I'm surprised. I would have thought she would have written in a little girl so she could have all the cute matching outfits, yeah, what's right? What's funny is that we started off making her matching outfits for her and Leo. Okay. But the problem was that when she wore the outfit and was carrying Leo, he would disappear into her outfit. So they so like, stopped doing that. I'm like, are that you kidding me? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It killed me, but I got it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess going back to more of your work as like the Costume Designers Guild as the president. Mm -hmm. So you made your, all the, you made your way all the way up to the president of the Costume Designers Guild. And I know one of your goals was to make sure costume designers got more credit and more money for the designs, especially when it came to Michelle Clapton and Games of Thrones creating a, a line, but without including her. So do you feel like there's been a lot of change since then? Sadly, no. Um, the studios, the problem is that studio marketing has nothing to do with studio production. Like we finish the show and then some entity who's never met us sells these deals and they don't keep us involved. So they lose their authenticity because they don't want to pay us for it. And I'm like, just involve us and you will understand, stop trying to interpret my designs and let me explain to you what my designs are. I mean, even on the Mindy project, I remember they came through and photographed because my whole thing is mixed prints, which I've done forever. And they came through and photographed the prints and then tried to do like a home collection with the prints. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay, but that's not, you know, like there's a, there's a method to my madness. It's not just print on print. There's a, there's a mythology to it. And you have to sort of, 
and they were just like throwing things together and making like you know desktop folders and and pen, pen. and I'm like this doesn't you know but again they're they you know they didn't use me to their advantage um, and even with like you know Michelle Cole, and then and you realize that because in that one I knew that was with the Michelle Clapton for Game of Thrones that was done with John Varvatos and I know the people at John Varvatos. And so when they did this promotion and, and never mentioned her in any of the press. So, of course, CDG's social media has grown. And we just did a little post like how you know, that's really tacky. And so I immediately got a call from my friends at John Ravelo. So like, well, there's more to the story. I'm like, well, what's more to the story? So she's like, well, we tried to include her and the studio forbade us because they didn't want to bother her because she was so busy. And so I called up Michelle and she's like, they never called me and I'm not that busy. Um, yeah. And so then I, hope, I introduced her to the people at John Varvatos and they met and they were going to go on. But like the collection would have been so much more interesting had they involved her. Much like the Jenny Bevan collection, excuse me, the Cruella collection without Jenny Bevan. Hello, the most fabulously designed movie. Jenny Bevan had the most beautiful clothes on it. Why not involve her in the process and maybe actually put something together that's beautiful, breathtaking and make money as opposed to like, here's a red sweater. I mean, it just... We are we are an asset and use us. We will help you make more money. Oh, 100%. I mean, part of the main focus like of your job is the storytelling. So if you're not having the storyteller make these pieces and be a part of the project, then how on earth do you think it's going to succeed? <laughs> and it's just, it's also insulting. It's like, you know, if you're a music writer, you get a commission forever, a, 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 yeah. a percentage. If you're an actor, if you're if even your first AD, you get a fee. But somehow the costume designers, I think, look, and who are we kidding? Traditionally, our job is done by women, and the industry in Hollywood likes to ignore women, so it's very easy to ignore us. So I think having a male Latino president who is loud, I've been able to like you know draw some attention, and it hasn't changed. I think that we're slowly eking forward, um, and it's still it's uh, you know pay equity and, and marketing is still part of our goal, and you know one step at a time. We're gonna eventually somebody's gonna realize that if you involve the costume designer, you'll make a lot more money. I mean, look at Ariane Phillips and the Kingsman collection. Yeah. Um, you know, she was heavily involved in that. And of course it did well because the costume designer was involved and you had beautiful clothes. I'm not going to lie. I'm still holding out hope that you and Mindy will collaborate and make some type of line. <laughs> I don't even, it doesn't have to be Mindy project related, but something between the two of you, because you guys like are magic together and I would buy everything. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, especially with the 10 year anniversary, you know, it's, it's, we'll see. I mean, cause maybe it's the 10 year anniversary of the finale and the 10 year anniversary of the first one. Cause that gives us a little more time to get it to you. Yeah. I've always wanted to do like a paper, a retrospective paper doll book or something, It'd be, you know, because I really, you know, so much of it was custom made and the combinations we did. I just think that there's still a fan. And it's, you know, I still get oh, yeah. to this day, I get calls. Well, and I have always like thought of like you guys doing almost like a, a book, like a table book, like where you can just have all of the fashion from the entire series, like the sketchings, the stories behind it and like the process, because like, I know I would love it to be able to have like that, almost like that coffee book table, like with all of your designs. I mean, it, it, there's such a story to tell there. And I think people would really appreciate it. Well, I still have, I, my, my cell phone now has 90,000 photos on it because I, I have six <laughs> years of fitting photos on my phone. So, I mean, maybe think about doing, because you have fans here who'd be ready to purchase it. I mean, it's just like I said, we've just, between Mindy and I, we've both been so busy. I mean, I've, you know, with with the presidency and with doing films and and even at that, like, I wasn't able to go back and do seasons three and four of of, uh, Never Have I Ever because I was on Hocus Pocus. That's right. But, you know, we talk, like, I just, I was just chatting with Mindy yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) 
Does that, Nolly, going back to that with Never Have I Ever, how do you transition um, a new designer in when just in keeping the continuity of the style? Well, I did transition a new designer in. Um, my assistant costume designer, Glinda, who had been with yes. me, who was Mindy's personal dresser, and then my assistant, oh. I she took, when I had to leave early on Sex Life of College Girls, Glinda took over. And then when I couldn't come back to um, I Never Have I Ever, they're like, well, who can we find? I'm like, nobody is going to come into the show. Because the thing is that like, they don't want anything to change. We like the direction it's going. And I'm like, I said, well, Glinda knows the show. She shopped it with me for two seasons. She knows the actors. She knows the closet. You know, give her an opportunity and I'll be there to like make sure things go smoothly. And I think she did a great job. I mean, look, is, is it exactly what I did? No. But is it very similar? Yes. But that's the thing is that, you know, any designers that want to put their stamp on it, but at least Glinda knew the direction of the show. Yes. No, I think that's definitely really helpful. But it's also very hard for me to leave shows. Um, and then I, I almost, I mean, Glinda I trusted, but I really, it's hard. They expect for me to like leave somebody and then that person to do exactly what I did. First off, they can't think the way I did. And secondly, mm -hmm. any costume designer worth their salt is going to want to put their own spin on it. And so oh, sometimes they don't want that new spin on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but another question just about uh, your presidency reign. I knew you said in 2016 interview that more movies are going to start looking like Avatar and that costume designers need to become more, like, technically advanced. Do you feel like that's happened since then as well? Um, absolutely. I mean, a lot of superhero movies are done, the, the costume's digital. They don't, you know, they don't even build the costumes anymore. I mean, I think the last few Iron Mans, they don't make the costume. It's done digitally. And you can't tell. Um, and digital technology is the future. I think that we all need to be aware. And again, this is even like, as costume designers, we need to be ahead of it and not trying to catch up. Um, like when we had, we would have classes on Photoshop at the Guild. And we would sit there through these like two hour classes and people's eyes were glazing over. And, and I remember they, I, would, I sat it through one of them and they're like, so I'm never going to be able to do this. And I'm like, I don't expect you to do this. Well, then why did you suggest to take this class? I'm like, because somebody is going to do it. And you need to be able to communicate with that person. So I'm not telling you to take this class to do it. I'm telling you to take this class so you understand what this takes. And it's not pushing a button. See how difficult it is to do it. That way, when you work with them, it's easier. I mean, a lot of animated movies are hiring costume designers. And the costume designer had to sit with the animator and like, no, no, that skirt wouldn't move that way. The fullness is wrong. The sleeve wouldn't do that. We need to be able to discuss that. And, and, and you know, Deborah Scott has been on the last three avatars for years. And the, she makes one sample costume and then works with the animators to make sure that it moves. And I think that's, I mean, what was, I just saw that Bruce Willis is allowing people to use his digital image. Yeah. Because he can't act anymore. So yeah. if somebody's <laughs> doing digital image of actors, who's doing the costumes? We need to work yeah. with Yeah, sure. No, that's, no, that's really interesting. I mean, it's, it's so important to be able to have a mutual respect and understanding of each other's crafts that you guys can work together and yes. be good collaborators, right? Right. Exactly. And I know, I know you mentioned before that you were worried about the state of like makers, like hat makers. You feel like everyone wanted to become a designer. How do you feel? Do you feel like more people have gotten into those positions? I think that the design schools need to realize that not every single person is a costume designer. You might have an affinity and love for costumes, but you need to learn the crafts. Because, I mean, look, I started as a stitcher. I went from stitcher to work with supervisor to assistant costume designer to designer to president of the guild. It was, a, yeah. it was multi-stages. And I, you know, I think that these kids come out of school and they think, I've got a, I've got a degree in costume design. I can, it's like, honey, no, you're going to be a PA. You're going to follow <laughs> us around, get us coffee, clean up the workroom, you know, but you're not a costume designer. And, and I know, like, I've had arguments with some, or hated discussions 
with some design school directors who are like, no, our students are ready to design. I'm like, no, they're not. You might know how to design a dress and how to have it made, but if there's the politics, working with a producer, making a budget, pleasing the studio, dealing with the actors. You cannot learn that in college. You can, you can probably, and I've seen some design students make beautiful clothes. Great. Now deal with a producer who's cut your budget in half and want that done in three days. You didn't yeah. learn that in design school. Very true. Um, <laughs> have you ever considered writing an autobiography before? Um, I don't think I've done enough yet. <laughs> um, at okay. one point, I had talked to a publisher about doing a style guide, like, you know, um, how to dress in <laughs> fashion. And we sort of, you know, I took the meetings with a few um, publishers, and uh, they really wanted it to be a collaboration with Mindy and I, and Mindy just is so busy. Like, she's writing oh, her sure. own books. Um, but you know, I don't, again, I don't think I've done enough. I still think I'm, I mean, even though this is my 30th year in the business, I still think I'm new. I guess we look at your slate and we're like, oh my goodness, you've done so much that we're like, we want to learn all of your secrets and your things. But no, I mean, it's, you know, look, I'm still terrified every job I get. Every job I get, there's a moment in pre-production that I think I'm going to fail. I'm not going to accomplish this. I'm, the costumes aren't going to be ready. And I used to be afraid of that fear, and then now I've realized that I embrace it because that fear is what drives me. If I was so overly, yeah, if I, if I was so overly confident, things would fall to the crack. I think the fear of failure is what keeps me going and motivates me. I mean, even on a Hocus Pocus, I mean, that was daunting. Taking on an iconic show that the fans knew the costumes, like unlike other shows, these can't these fans have been making these costumes for thirty years, and now I have to remake them. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, even all the costume uh, events that happen every year. I feel like there's always, like, costume contests for the sisters. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, we did tons of research for this because in the movie, there's the Sanders sister costume contest. And so I did all this research, and you see that there's interpretations of them. They're not literal. Mm -hmm, Some yeah. people try to do them, and I people that do them literal are amazing. But, you know, you, you, there's versions of it. So I thought, why can't there be versions of it? But the studio wanted... Um, the, there was like change the costumes but don't change the costumes yeah like make them the same but different um because they wanted them to be freshened and um you know and the director ann fletcher wanted there to be uh, a backstory to everything on the costumes yeah. and um you know mary wrote mary vote designed those costumes 30 years ago she was having fun and they're iconic like you cannot people i love even now like you, know, you have meetings with directors like oh i want the costumes to be iconic i'm like well that's not something you design, it's magic, and it happens. You don't make it yeah. iconic, they become iconic. And I don't think that Mary Vogt was designing those costumes thinking that for 30 years, people would be reproducing them and wearing them. She was just having fun, you know, using the resources available to her in 1993. Um, and there's nothing wrong with them. I just thought, yeah. it's always like, well, what would you do different? And so I'm like, well, as opposed to printed fabric, I would embroider it. As opposed yeah. to, you know, the sorbet, you know, I would do details that were... A, that could have been done in 1650s, but that just had a little more authenticity and still honored the original costumes, but just, it was the costumes 2.0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and adding your own spin to it and adding a fresher take, like, as you said, I mean, that had to be very complicated, but I think you did a beautiful job. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, I, my Instagram has exploded. I've had 5 million impressions over the last month. Uh, you know, wow. same as posts have like 80,000 likes. I'm like, I only have 40,000 followers. How do I have 80,000 <laughs> Um, but I think that, that the, the, the fans, I mean, and look, there's always that 5% of naysayers, but you can't please everybody. But for the most part, the fans seem to love it and, and understand that I was trying to honor their costumes and give them another version of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I even saw a post you did recently when you showed, like, the new, like, three younger girls they have on the show. Like, mm -hmm. some of the uh, choices you had for the witches, you kind of, like, also shared in the, like, a little bit of their costume design as well. Well, and the thing is that that's the director um, wanted, she's like, I want you to very subtly hearken to the three witches. But, you know, realize that they're going to be in the same scene, so they can't be in bright green, they can't be in, you know, they had to be subtly versions of it. And I love that, yes, there are most, there are a group of people that instantly got it. And there's another whole group of people like, oh my God, I didn't notice it. And that's what you want. You want it to be that sort of subtle mix, like, wait, what did I see? Um, and, you know, that's the fun part of costume design. It's like, you, I think people think you just shop and throw an outfit on. It's like, no, every detail, <laughs> you know. I would say that one of your superpowers is your attention to detail. Like, honestly, I mean, the amount of detail you put into the outfits is just incredible. I mean, we were talking about Hocus Pocus and yeah. how you had those knitted, um, embroidered, spider webs that was done by um krista from the, who you met from the mindy project yeah, yeah. um and including that detail and trying to do a new spin i mean what made you think to kind of try that direction um well and the director was like the, you know the mesh sleeves are so typical 80s like you 90s you understand why they were there what could be the modern version that was more spider webby and i'm like yeah. well how about literal spider webs and she's like what do you mean i'm like well let me call a friend and see if this is even possible because i didn't know if it was possible i mean you know because knitting is sort of like back and forth and she's like well i'm not going to knit them i'm going to crochet them individually yes. and then join them and so she did she did a sample and i'm like and she didn't like a white fabric i'm like wow this is interesting she's like, can you dye it i'm like no i cannot dye it but then we found because <laughs> you can dye yarn but it would have just fallen yeah. apart and so yeah. then we found this beautiful, you know, and I'll have to be in the colorway, this beautiful cashmere yarn that was sort of fuzzy. And I wanted it to be sort of fuzzy because it was, I didn't want it to be, I wanted it to look old world. Um, and it was a little bit of trial and error. And then when the first set came back, I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And it's okay. just, it, you know, and, and Sarah loved it. I mean, you know, the pleasing Sarah Jessica Parker, who yeah. is, you know, a fashionista, you know, she, um, it was just the first fitting with her, because, you know, she was busy doing, um, and just like that. So I was able to see Bette and Kathy often. Um, and Bette was in L.A. And I and, and then I had, um, Sarah was made in New York, because I knew that she had so little time. I would literally go to her house on the weekends and go to have fittings in her bathroom. Oh, wow. I mean, it was that tight. She's like, I have, I have between 2 and 2.45. You can yeah. be here at 2. I have 45 minutes. And that's how we would do the fittings. And the first time she put it on, she just... She lit up and, and, and was running around her bathroom and up and down the hall. And just it was so <laughs> great because you're just like, here I'm taking on this iconic costume with this fashionista. She's going she's gonna to be like, no, no. And she just loved every bit of it. I mean, there were like no notes, no changes. She just loved it. And, and to see her excited to put it on was just so gratifying. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, and then if you think, again, with the Mindy Project, too, you had that the Christmas dress that she wears, the green dress that you added the wings with. Mm -hmm. um, and that was also just another beautiful, just, de again, like your attention to detail is just so crucial, well, I feel like. And it was like. also part of the storyline. She was wounded in the episode. And so I just thought she's like a sad bird. I'm like, bird, wings, wings, beaded. And then, and this goes back, this is like, this goes back to the history of my career. I met this amazing beater named Polly Drissy on Titanic. Wow. And Polly's retired and she has arthritis, so she doesn't beat very much. I'm like, Polly, can I get you to do a little favor? <laughs> and mind you, and like, okay, not only is it hard, but you're also going to embroider beading on wool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but they're feathers and they're individual. If you look at the dress, they're feathers and there's little crystals on them. It's just the most. And also, it gave you that great hourglass. Hourglass shape, so yeah. It was just like, and, and, and it, it's one of those iconic pieces that we just set out to make a beautiful Christmas dress. 
And I, I'm glad that Mindy has that. Like, Mindy has it in her archives. Oh, really? <laughs> I love that. I know you said you were really excited to work on to work on Hocus Pocus 2, just because you wanted to do more of a fantasy design. So mm-hmm. did you really notice any difference between your normal contemporary design? Like, anything you learned, anything that was harder? Um, this, you know, my background is construction. I've built my entire life. Um, and I used some of the techniques I learned on Stargate on this project. So that's how, I mean, and mind you, Stargate was then in 1993 when that movie was made. So they were, <laughs> building, they were doing Hocus Pocus and I was building Stargate. Like Gilbert's cloak, if you look at the velvet and you look at Ra's costume in Stargate that he wears inside the sort of the purple and blue, it's the same technique. My okay. friend Celia Sedwick um, showed me how to do this Procyon dye technique. And then I taught it to my age or dyer. I'm like, this is how you do this. And then you got wow. that sort of mottled, because it's not tight, but the colors are so vibrant. Um, but it's just like, you know, I used all the things that I'd learned throughout my career in designing this movie. Well, and I think that's also an important part of fashion design and costume design is being able to teach the next generation the tricks that you've learned along the way, right? Because, you know, you didn't necessarily learn that in school, but you learned that through others and, like, your peers. Yes. I mean, I, you know, I worked with, on the, I did four weddings and a funeral in London. Oh, it was a contemporary show. <laughs> One of my favorite design jobs. I mean, thank you, Mindy, because, you know, who takes an American designer to London? Mindy was like, Sal's going. Um, and I, ha- it was like as much fun as designing the Mindy Project. I had so much fun on that. But um, I had a great um, cutter fitter named Rosie Wetkin who came from theater. And, you know, if I needed a, a, a bustle or a corset, she would have been great at it. But here I'm having to do contemporary fashion. Yeah. And I needed, so not when I said, I'm like, we're making this dress, but this is how you're going to cut the fabric. This is how the pattern's going to be. And I was able to, because I'm at my background, not just design a costume, but then show her how to make it. Because she had the techniques. She just hadn't yeah. done fashion. She had done costumes. Um, and after nine months working together, the nicest compliment she gave me, she's like, this, I, I'm leaving this show so much better at my job. This was a masterclass in how to be a cutter fitter. And I, because, you know, as a costume designer, we're not allowed to sew anymore. We're not allowed to touch clothes. That's It's a whole different union. So okay. I don't get to actually sew anymore. But, so I, but I'm able to pass that on to my um, crew. But even um, Mariah McCormick, who, who is my cutter fitter on the po- project I just did now, Hocus Pocus, Pitch Perk for Three, Goosebumps, you know, she's been with me forever. She's out of Atlanta. Um, okay. The Queen Mother dress in, uh, excuse me, Queen Mother, the Mother Witch <laughs> in uh, Hocus Pocus, that dress, I taught uh, her how to do that. I'm like, this is the technique I want you to do. And it was wow. great to just like give her a little like, this is what I want done, and then see her take off with it. And she did it beautifully. Because oh, yeah. she makes the bodice, and then she ruched that whirly white fabric into these little narrow strips, and then wrapped the body with them. And then they let the fullness go out the skirt. And it's just a testament to like her, to her hands and me saying, this is how I want this built. Because I've used yeah. you know, the things that I've learned over the years. Oh, my gosh. Well, also, I will say, Four Weddings and a Funeral, in general, <laughs> I think it is one of the most beautifully shot shows. Like, every scene is, like, cinematic. But then every outfit, I mean, every single <laughs> outfit is amazing. Ainsley's is my favorite, like, throughout the entire show. Her red suit that she wears, like, all of her, like, dresses and things. I love it. Um, I also love Craig's outfits, too. Like, I think he had a nice flair to his looks and things. He was a peacock. I mean, I wanted him and Nikesh's character to be so different because Nikesh was much more conservative. But Craig was just like a plaid and a bright and, you know, and it was it was just to be able, you know, and it's funny because I had, you know, Mindy hired me and just hired me after that. So I never normally on a job, I do a presentation, but I never did presentations for Mindy because she just would hire me and say, go do this. And I had such a huge prep on on, I had 11 weeks to prep for weddings and a funeral. And Mindy was in America and I was in London 
and I couldn't really be showing her things because normally it would text back and forth. So I did presentation boards of each character and, and emailed them to her. And she was just like, oh my God. Because I, I had never done it before her. And I remember she even posted it and it's still somewhere on Instagram where she's just like going through the pages and blown away by her presentation. Because like that's how you that's how you express your ideas for a producer and director. And it's so funny because there's this whole debate right now among costume designers where they're like, well, I'm not doing a presentation because that's paid work. And if they want to hire me, I'm like, no, you want to pr- present your ideas because there's two reasons you present your ideas. A, if you're on a different page than them, you don't want the job. Or if they're not going to agree to your, you know, I think this is the time yeah. to discuss it. Um, and I just think that it's a little egotistical to think, well, my resume is my presentation. It's like, well, no, yeah. let's talk about this character. And the reason I get hired all the time is because I do a great presentation. And so I think, you know, that it's, it's your time to communicate and also find out if you're not. Because you look, your presentation can also be completely wrong and yeah. they can hate it. And you have to be able to learn to read the room. And if your presentation is not going the way you think it is, you always have to pivot. Like, well, this isn't exactly what I meant. This is just the colors or this is just a silhouette. And you just have to know how to how to work with a presentation. But that's where you get to communicate your ideas because most people don't speak fashion the way those of us who love it do. Directors and producers don't have our language. So you have to give them something visual. Like this is the flare of a jacket. This is the lapels. These are the coloring. These are the trims. You want to be able to discuss that with some. Like with Mindy, she doesn't need photos. We get each other. Yeah. But most people don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to say one of my uh, favorite quotes that I think you said is that don't buy labels uh by style because fashion can look dated but style can look timeless and i feel like that's exactly in soul food i feel like you have the urban like fashion boom in the 90s and i feel like that just looks so timeless everyone just looks like it just reminds me of like in the 90s of like going over to my grandmother's house and everyone's dressed up and everything just looked great i mean it's i've learned early on that you don't like anything that's too trendy like you know when bomber jackets were the rage i never (laughs) used bomber jackets because i knew that was like a moment um, mm-hmm. And I didn't want, I, I very specifically tried not to use bomber jackets because I didn't want to date things. So I'm hoping that when I look back at my shows that I've done, I don't cringe. It's like, yeah. oh, I bet. you know, and obviously skinny jeans are so specific, but yeah. you know, it's just, I think that as costume designers, you have to, uh, you know, I'm watching Gone with the Wind that was made in the thirties. Um, you know, you watch movies that were done in era and, and you know, it's great for research because you get to see what fashion was at that point. But I think that with contemporary t- uh, television or contemporary anything, especially now that it's on streaming and you're watching it over and over again, I'm yes. hoping people watch the Mindy Project and it doesn't look dated. I think it that doesn't. it's sort of, <laughs> you know, we didn't, because we didn't, you know, we sort of directed fashion as opposed to following it. So it wasn't, yes. you know, although it's funny because people are still like, where can I get that yellow dress? I'm like, um, I bought that six years ago at Dolce. Yes. I don't think <laughs> it should be out there anymore. Oh, yeah. No, I have looked up different outfits before and I'm like, oh, why don't they sell this anymore? Because <laughs> it's so cute. And, you know, I just, I, her fashion on that entire show is just like And a lot of times we would take things apart and rebuild them. So like I remember there was this Gucci yeah. sweater that had a turtleneck on it, her sweater dress, pink and black sweater dress. And okay. she's just like, I hate this turtleneck. I'm like, well, let's take it off. She's like, we can? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I had my, my cutter fitter um, re-knit around the neckline. So we just we sort of made a new neckline. But And so people are looking for that dress everywhere, and it didn't exist. <laughs> Yes. I mean, that is one of the advantages of having someone do custom for you, right? Like, yeah. you get this one-of-a-kind piece um, that nobody else gets to get, yeah. which is amazing. Um, I do want to talk about one of, I think, the most underrated iconic scenes of the Mindy Project in which you, like, she has this scene, like, where she's in a dream. And um, she realizes 
throughout that dream, like she was kind of in a rough spot with Danny, but she's in that beautiful black dress, the sequins dress, and realizes she's meant to be with Danny. And then seasons later, like they, you know, they go through their breakups and all that fun stuff. But then in the series finale, you use that same dress when she has that same realization again that it's she was not meant the to same be. Dress. Oh, it's not the same no, dress? No, it's the same pattern, different dress. Oh, oh my goodness. First dress had a little border of crystals okay. around the neckline. The second dress is completely covered in crystals. So it was the it was it was called the, the the cousin of the dress. It's not the same. Okay. Now, was that something you thought of in terms of like trying to like bring those two scenes together in some ways or to a point? I mean, Mindy, you know, we'd never put Mindy in a black dress because yes. I just thought that was a, that was easy. I mean, how hard is it to put somebody in a fabulous black dress? It was the last dress she wore in the show. And um, she's like, well, we should just bring that dress back. I'm like, that'd be great. But you're seven months pregnant. And that dress, there was, and I think there were two of those because there was a stunt in that one, but we had to make multiples because there was a stunt in the bike. Then, you know, there was all these reasons for it. So we couldn't use the original dress. We had to make new ones, but it's very similar. It was a cousin. Okay. (laughs) No, that's good. Yeah. If you look at the the beating is a little bit, it's much more, it's a much more lavish version of it. Okay. It was the final dress I was going to make for Mindy Project. I couldn't not, you know, and the funny thing is that I tried to send it to a, um, the rhinestoner in town who does my rhinestoning, and he's like, it was a holiday weekend. He's like, I can't, there's no way I can get it done. Yeah. So me and one of my customers spent the entire three days, because there was three of those dresses, oh, crystallizing wow. those dresses. Oh, my goodness. Well, that makes it even better, right? The story even better, <laughs> like knowing the work that went into the series finale. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was so iconic. It was, the, you know, because we, we also had to make um, the wedding dress. I forget, oh, my God, why am I forgetting the, bride, the bride's name? Oh, Tamara? Zosha's character. Zosha's character. Yes, yeah, so Tamara. Tamara, Tamara, because um, she had the wedding dress was supposed to have a skirt that ripped off. I could have just bought a wedding dress, but yeah. Mindy wanted there to be a dance scene where the skirt rips off, and then they cut that. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, we spent weeks making yeah. a dress with a removable skirt. Oh, my goodness. So, also, I knew you made a custom piece for each episode of the Mindy Project. Was that throughout the entire series? It sort of happened at the end of season one or two when we did that scene on the top of the Empire State Building and I made her that fabulous pink suit sort of a la American Hustle. Mm. Um, yes. And she, she loved, I think that was one of our first, like I mean, fully like blouse, tie, vest, skirt, custom. She's like, I love this. And she's like, let's do more of it. I'm like, okay, you know, we just have to have the time in the workroom to do it. Um, and we would, tr- we, you know, we would try to do one per episode of not, not a whole outfit, at least a coat, but we did a lot of custom. And that's, yeah. you know, as a, as a contemporary costume designer doing contemporary clothes, it's like it's rare that they let you have that opportunity. But, you know, Mindy yeah. was the executive producer, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can override anybody. Oh, definitely. And I had a great, I have a, I mean, the woman that worked with us the whole time and still works with me today, Savorn Price, she's just truly an artist. And, you know, season one, I had a cutter fitter named Henry who, um, you know, we thought it was just going to be a nine episode order and then it became 22 and he took another job. And I'm like, I need somebody to do alterations. Because, you know, even though you buy clothes, they have to be, you know, Mindy's proportions are different. So we always yeah. have to do some sort of alteration. So I, he brought Sephorn on, and Sephorn was just doing alterations for me. And then one day I came by the workroom late to pick something up from the top, and she was spent on her own time. She was making herself a leather jacket. I'm like, yeah. you can custom make? She's like, yeah. And, she's, and this leather jacket was beautiful. I'm like, well, can you make me a coat? She's like, yeah. So I went out and had a coat that Mindy loved, and I bought some new fabric, and I changed the details. And I, I think I gave it to her on a Tuesday, and I thought, well, you know, if it's done by then, if we could have a sit fitting by the end of the week. And like on what, Thursday, it was done and beautifully oh, wow. done. I'm like, how did I not know you could sew like this? She's like, yeah. well, you brought me to do alterations. And then once I knew that, we just, you know, went to town. 
Her work was, I mean, like, everybody thinks I'm a great designer. Yes, I, I, I like what I do. But unless you have the hands to build it, a designer means nothing. No, I mean, it's it's a team. It's a team process. Mm-hmm. And we um, did, not only did we do shows for the Chloe, we did a lot of red carpet for Mindy. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going <laughs> to ask you about that because, like, there's two different people, right? Like, you have Dr. Mindy Lahiri, who's already a fashionista, very chic, and has these gorgeous outfits. But then Mindy also has incredible taste, has incredible fashion. How fun is it to kind of dress her, too, like, as Mindy Kaling? Well, some, I mean, because as a costume designer, I sort of make rules for characters. And Mindy Lahiri was very whimsical. And Mindy Lahiri is very chic. Mindy Kaling's very chic. So um, okay. we, you know, first season of the show, I became president of the Costume Designers Guild. And like, Mindy, will you come with me to the ward? She's like, sure. She's like, I'll let you find a gown. I'm like, well, we'll make you a gown. She's like, you will? I'm like, yeah, we'll make one of the workroom. <laughs> and we made her that beautiful one-shoulder aqua beaded dress. And she's like, I've never had a gown fit me like this. I'm like, well, because we custom made it to your proportions. I mean, there's a custom corset in there, and it's it's bone to your, to your measurements. That's why it fits so well. And she's like, well, I'm going to the Oscars. Can you make me a gown for the Oscars? And we're like, in a week? Yeah. <laughs> sure. And then we made her that black strapless lace dress she wore to the Oscars. And I think the fashion press was, you know, was covering the aqua dress. And then a week later, they covered the black dress. And I think with, with those two dresses, it set the protocol for Mindy being a fashionista. Oh, yeah. And it's just, the fashion press started following her from then on, and it's just never stopped. I, I mean, mean I know. feel like she's always been underrated in terms of fashion. Like, she is one of the most fashionable people, I think, out there right now. Um, and I wish she got a little bit more recognition for all of her work in that. I think area. she is now, but I think that the fashion business is like, you know, they only ever made a sample size two or four. I mean, yeah. not a two or four. So they couldn't. And now those brands, seeing the power she has and seeing which, how she can wear clothes, now the brands are custom making for her. But that's 10 years later. Oh, yeah. You know, nine years ago, they didn't make the effort. And now they're seeing that, you know, beauty and fashion are on all sizes and, you know, yeah. learn to accommodate. Oh, definitely. Uh, did you take anything from the show? The Mindy Project? <laughs> um, did you like? You know, I used to have an archive of things that I designed from each show. And I, it's just, I, I've, I've been doing this too long. Yeah. <laughs> and I do have, because um, I designed that coat collection for guilt. Oh, yes, yes. And so I have, because Mindy took most of those, but I kept one. And then I had fabric left over, and I made her, there's a red coat, and I made her a blouse with a button ribbon print with a matching skirt. So I kept that outfit. I have one one outfit from Mindy in my archives. Well, and then you did the um, that look for the Paley Center where you had you had to narrow down the outfits from the Mindy Project. I don't understand how you could have done that because yeah, I where think, do you even start? Yeah, like really. <laughs> I mean, that I was that was sort of kismet. I got a call from Studio Publicity saying we had this idea. We don't know if we can pull it off, and we only have six weeks. Now, luckily, you know, I had Glinda there, and Glinda archived everything Mindy wore because you never knew when Mindy was going to do a flashback to another season. Yeah. And it happened often. Like, we're going to do a flashback to me on the plan. We're going to do a flashback to that. So everything was archived. So that was the easier part. And then I just sort of pulled what were sort of my, I mean, they really gave me carte blanche to, to pull whatever I wanted to pull. Um, and, you know, normally it's like Six Seasons of Style in the Mindy Project. But this was this was branded as Six Seasons of Style by Salvador Perez. They really knew that I pulled it off together. And I remember, like, you know, former presidents of the guild and members were like, "How did you get them to put your name on the on the wall?" I mean, like, it's not just yeah. Mindy Project, but it's Salvador Perez Mindy Project, um, and that was sort of a precedent that you know, it's not just the show, the clothes, the clothes don't do themselves. There was somebody behind all of it, 
Um, and you know, it was the fact that I was able to pull it off because like everybody else called me like, how do we do this? And I'm like, well, I didn't do it. The studio offered it, but it took me, I mean, like I worked nights and weekends on that to make that happen because, you know, we had to then pull from the archives and I had to tell them what episode it was and they had to write a description. It was like, it was a tremendous amount of work that we pulled off in six weeks, but it was also one of the most gratifying things to see, you know, your career on display. Um, it was just, it was an amazing honor. Oh my goodness! Definitely. And I was sad that it didn't. It, didn't, it should have toured. Like I would have, I would have loved to have that. You know, to tour the country because I think that people would have loved it in other cities. Oh, I, I say it all the time. I'm like, I wish it was on the west, like East Coast. Bring it here. We'll come see it. Yeah, I love that Danny jacket that um they show in the the hmm. bomb. It was like the brown jacket. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Jack's amazing. <laughs> well, and he had so. I mean, we talk about Mindy having one of like the best style in the show, but all the characters had their own unique styles throughout the show. You had Jeremy, who is very kind of like always well dressed, but also I feel like a little rep- repressed a little bit, except for like moments where he got to do the Meryl Street party, right? And he got to really be himself a little bit. Um, and then you have Danny, who's like the tough guy, like this rough and go- like. You know, Mindy, Mindy told me my first meeting, she's like, you know, uh, Jeremy's English, so have fun with that. And Danny yeah. stops at Double RL. That's all he's gonna wear is double RL, and um, he was very specific in the jeans he wanted to wear, and um, you know he he you know it was always a blue or a gray shirt, but there was hundreds of blue and gray shirts. Like there were times Mindy's like, "Well, you have to change them." I'm like, "Mindy, he look at his closet. There are thousands, but they're all blue and gray." Yeah. <laughs> and then he went off to do that movie uh, "Live by Night" with uh, Ben Affleck, and he had to put on weight. So all of a yeah. sudden, his little tiny thirty-inch waist wasn't thirty inches anymore because he had to put on weight for that character. So yes. he came back to us, and the jeans that he used to wear were just there was there was, there was no. And I'm a little believer; like, all denim should have stretch, otherwise, why bother? Yes. Should be patched with spandex. And so I was always trying to get him to train some jeans. So like when he was in his, you know, he was probably went from a 30 waist to a 34. And um, I found I bought him some jeans from AG Adriana Goldschmidt, and they had okay. stretch, and he put them on. He's like, "Oh my god, these are so comfortable!" I'm like, "Dude, I've been telling you for <laughs> six years that you should wear these pants." Um, and it was just sort of funny to like get him to like mix up his, his, his fashion. Um, but it was fun. Like you had to, you know, because Danny was so specific and repressed and very like the tough macho, you yeah. know, New Yorker. And then and Jeremy was that peacock, and it was purple and pink, yeah. and you know, there's always a tie, and there's a foulard, and there's a pocket square, and a three piece suit. Yeah. Um, and then you know you had. Um, Morgan, who was a man-child. He was a 12-year-old boy at work. And we just literally took that man-child to heart. And he was either always in scrubs or he was in some, like, plaid shirt, T-shirt combo because he was a little boy. Well, and then I think of, like, Peter, when you had Peter Prentice on the show. And to me, he always, like, reminded me of, like, a prep kid, like, a prep school kid that went to, like, an Ivy League school. Kind of, like, that kind of preppy look to him. Dartmouth, Fair Isle sweaters, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that it's sort of fun to give, you know, and, and then when Rebecca came on and Rebecca's yes. character, Dr. Z was so sort of steely and there was no color and her clothes. I remember like, I still have all these fitting photos and the necklines were always so severe because there was nothing soft about her. She yeah. was very sort of rigid and hard. And I, and it was just fun to like, how do you know, you don't just put, you don't just throw a dress on her. It's like the dress has to make sense. And it was just, fun. And, and, and Tamara also, Tamara always had like the printed florals underneath her, her, her smocks. And, and then when she did go out, it was always some fabulous dress. It was Versace. Cause you know, oh, yeah. a girl, a young girl in New York is going to spend the money on her party clothes. Oh, definitely. And then you had like Jody who was always in his suspenders and like that Southern charm type Captain, thing. Captain suspenders, very Southern, yeah. <laughs> suits. you know, it was, it was very specific to give, you know, cause you also wanted him to stand out in New York. Like he didn't fit in. Yeah, no, definitely. I do. I love that each character really had their own unique style. And like, 
does that kind of come from like your vision or is it a little bit informed through the script like does, does Mindy tell you like hey this is who I'm thinking and then you kind of are thinking of how you want to dress them how you want to yeah, I mean, them? You know, the, since Mindy is a writer on the show as characters are coming up we always had discussions about them and um you know like this I think she did write in the suspenders and then I just ran with it like you know yeah. she, I think she <laughs> had suspenders in one episode I'm like no 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 he always has suspenders yeah um and then we got tired of the suspenders and then there's an episode where we gave him a makeover. Do you remember? Yes. Like they put him in a cool jacket. So and there was a like, okay, then the suspend then there was, oh, his wall of suspenders never got used again because once we switched up his look, they were gone. I was gonna but, say it was like um, a no. very like slow trend. like it was all of a sudden it was gone and then you still had the style, but you didn't notice it to the point where it was like jarring. It was like, Oh, it makes sense. Right, yeah, because you had to believe that he he modernized it, but he's not gonna change the essence of who he is. Yeah. And yeah, Garrett Dillahunt is so hot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, like putting him in sexy suits, it was like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I I loved like so many of the outfits. And I mean, it had to be very interesting dressing um, Rebecca Rittenhouse for the Mindy Project and then dressing her for Four Weddings because her character is drastically different. Compl I mean, there was like not even, it was a 180 degree turnover from it. And I think that yeah. that's what, the, the benefit is that we had a rapport and um, even though I had a long prep for the show, the actors were only going to come in three weeks before we started shooting. So luckily, okay. Rebecca had texted me. She's like, oh, I'm going to be in the London apartment. And I'm like, you are? Where are you going to be? Can we go bridal gown shopping? She's like, sure. You want me to take me to show? You know. And so she was in town looking at, at apartments. And um, we spent two days. And one of the first things we tried on was that red pinko suit. We were walking to the bridal shop, saw it in a window, walked in. And I'm like, you have to wear this first episode. I um, and so we bought that and we bought that red velvet dress with a keyhole and then oh, we yeah. went bridal shopping we went to like six or seven bridal gown stops and then we put on that last the dress that she ends up wearing um, and she's like it's just so big I feel stuck I'm like perfect yeah. <laughs> you, the, you break up the wedding and then you have to it's, it's the perfect dress that the fact that you can't saunter out the fact that you have to lift it and run yes. and she's like oh my god that's brilliant and so it was just sort of like not only was it breathtaking on her but it, it served the purpose she's in this like here she is, full princess movement, and then she gets dumped at the altar, and then she has to run. Yeah. So her running out of that church was hysterical. Well, and then I just want to talk about how you kind of provided some Easter eggs for um, in Never Have I Ever for us Mindy fans because you used some of like the sweaters from the Mindy Project <laughs> closet, and then you used the extra material from some <laughs> of her looks to do the like um, fashion school application for Rebecca. Yeah, I loved. That. Well, it was funny because it's like we had. I mean, you know, we had the same workroom. We went directly from Mindy Project to Champions to Never Have I Ever. So you know, all of the kit of sewing supplies was there. And so when it came time to um, build, build this, you know, and obviously the budget on Never Have I Ever was not the budget of the Mindy Project. So sure. I, you know, you, I'm dressing high school kids and not with not wearing couture. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And all that fabric left over from Mindy was very lavish. I mean, some of it was cashmere and things that you know I could never afford to buy. But it was sitting there in the boxes, and I'm like, well, I don't need a lot because they're little pieces. What can I do? And then once we did that, I and I told Mindy the idea. She's like, oh, that's hysterical. So they were all all. I didn't buy any fabric for that for that collection. It was all, and mind you, we made eight outfits. I don't think yeah. they showed all eight of them, but we made eight outfits for that. I don't think they did because I know I saw your Instagram post that showed all of the different mm -hmm. variations, um, which I loved. And I think that's kind of fun for my Trae as well because she gets to kind of have that like vicariously living through the mini project. 
And then I thought it was funny because some fans thought I cut up Mindy's old dresses. I'm like, no, I didn't cut them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> and then, you know, we went to, you know, NBC has all the assets from old shows. So when they went to go pull stock for the background, you know, six seasons of Mindy, you know, Mindy took some and a lot of it went to the asset center at NBC. So when my crew went to go pull clothes for the background, they came back with a couple of Mindy sweaters. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm totally going to put this on. I can't remember his name now. Oh, Jonah. Jonah, Jonah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because I remember sending the fitting pictures to Mindy. She's like, oh, I love that sweater. I'm like, of course you do because it was yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know you talked about really honing your skills in TV more than film. And I want to know, do you find any difference with, like, streaming with time constraints? Um, I, you know, I started my, 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 job, my career in film. And we used to look down on television, like, oh, I don't do television. <laughs> um, and after five years on the road, um, I told my agent, I'm like, I want a television job. I'm tired of being on the road. Find me a fun TV show. And we found the, the, um, Veronica Mars. And so it was my sort of first real foray into television. And, of course, it was in San Diego, so I wasn't home. I was <laughs> on um, But... What it taught me was that as much as we look down on TV, I can prep a movie for eight, ten weeks. A TV show, you really prep it in seven to eight days. So when we would look down on TV, it's like, oh, my God, we're working at a much accelerated speed, and we're having to do a mini movie every week. And so I think designing television has made me a better film designer because it's like, I can do anything in a week. So give me a month. I'm going to put it out. So, yeah, I think, and also the lines have crossed. I mean, when we did TV 20 years ago, it was not Game of Thrones. It was not, you know, Four Weddings and Funeral. Like, I couldn't have done Four Weddings and Funeral the, you know, unless I had had that TV background. Because we were doing, and mind you, I was in London. There was not a Macy's and Neiman's, a Saks, a Bloomingdale's. There were sure. very limited stores in London. And there's, like, one Harrods. There's one Har- Selfridges. There's two Harvey Nicks. It's, you know, they, they, you don't have a quantity. And so to be able to do, like, to do the Mindy Project in London would have been almost impossible. It, I mean, yeah. just because we would have had to, like, get – there wasn't as many resources. Um, but, again, my background in television was – and also we not, we did, you know, we did uh, eight episodes and we did four weddings and a funeral. Yeah. And massive ones. And each one was different. So it was being able to know – to be able to work at a speed that I could work at. Because even you know, on, on Hocus Pocus, yes, I had five months to, to prep the three witches – but everybody else, I had days. I mean, the three drag queens, we made those custom dresses in three days. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I had to spread it out. You know, some was in my room, and I hired people out. And, and even the Mother Witch, we did her in, in uh, uh, like, five days. I mean, there was, like, you're not wow. – and it's my background in, in, in television that got us through it. Like, I knew, yeah. make the basic dress, make the front and the back, we'll join them after she – you know, there was just techniques that you learn doing television to help make a film go easier. I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about how complicated it had to probably be to dress for four weddings because it is it's four weddings and they're all so unique. And then I think of like the beautiful Muslim wedding. Like I loved the aesthetic, the colors. It was just so beautiful and so bright. And but imagining having to dress every single person for that is is that um, I get a lot of grief from the Indian community on how I dress Mindy. And I'm like, wait, I'm not doing a whole world. I'm doing one person. And yeah. yes, I know the average person does not wear a bright pink beaded sari. I know that. But sure. Mindy Lahiri does. Oh, yeah. Mindy Lahiri is not a traditional Indian. She's not going to wear the subtle sari. They're always going to be the beaded ones. 
I fully know that this is not how the Indian community dresses. This is how Mindy Lahiri wants to dress. Look yeah. at her regular clothes. So her Indian clothes are going to be the same version of her. So and it's and I've tried to explain that because it's like they think that I just go over the top and I just stare. I'm like, no, I'm having very fun specifically. And then when we did the four weddings and a funeral, the show was so bright and colorful. Yes. And I would go to these sari shops in London and buy the clothes, but only buy the colorful stuff because that's the world Mindy wanted. So I understand that this is not traditional and that I've taken and I've heightened it, but I'm doing something that's visually pleasing on camera and that Mindy Kaling likes. This is the way, I mean, even now when Mindy has a sari, it is the most beautiful beaded colorful thing you're going to find. That's oh, yeah. what she chooses to wear. Yeah, I know oh. you said before that um, like when you try to fit Mindy for a sari in the Mindy project, she hasn't really wore that many saris up until that point. Yeah. She said that she, you know, she's like, last time I wore I was 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know now um you know mindy is going to an event at the white house and she's gonna wear a sari it's like she just loves it now well and i absolutely loved her outfit from last year's diwali the purple oh, yeah. sari is one of my absolute <laughs> favorites of hers i mean i just i love her in purple too like i think yeah. she looks fabulous in bright colors and these you know bold colors because i just think it fits her, right? She's a bold person. She's broken barriers. But also her skin tone just wants to be in bright color. I remember, like, one of the mm-hmm. things she's like, she hates Easter color. She hates pastels. Yeah. You'll never see her in mint or lavender. You know, she hates those colors because they, yeah. they make her look gray. You need that bright color. Like, my favorite thing with Mindy is bright gold. Bright golden. Yeah. Oak. It's just so, just she lights up. Oh, definitely. I mean, she's done so many beautiful gowns, and I feel like that gold and yellow mm-hmm. color, and I think she looks fabulous in them all. Oh, I'm such a fan. <laughs> oh, yes. So I know we're kind of cutting close on our time oh, wow. here with you. I felt like it went so fast. It's, I think we just started. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> I'm glad it felt that way. Yes. No, we are so incredibly thankful that you took the time to speak with us. I mean, we are such huge fans here. Oh, yeah. Um, as you can tell, I mean, we, <laughs> we love your work. We love what you've done. And, I mean, your talent is just unmatched. Oh, and you. so. I mean, look, I, I love what I do, um, and Mindy inspires me. I mean, I think I've done some of the best work of my career with Mindy, whether it be for you know the Mindy Project, for Weddings and Funeral, even Never Have I Ever. Like, I didn't think I would have fun with a high school. You know, they were supposed to be the, like the non-cool, fa- not fashionable high school kids in Sherman Oaks, and I loved what I got to do with that. I mean, yeah. and you know, even discovering Maitre, who is a dear friend, um, yeah. and having fun with you know uh, Davy and uh, Eleanor and and. Uh, and Fabiola, right? Fabiola, thank you. I was, yeah, I don't no worries. Her name's Lee. Um, yeah, you know, no, I know. Being able to, you know, and, and even like Paxton had his little vibe and, and, and Ben too. It's like, I love telling a story through clothes. And You have to miss, you have to add my favorite character, Eric. I guess he's not that much fun to dress, Eric. <laughs> Eric? Yeah, he's he's our one who's the um what is it lady whistle boy like that oh like, yeah that, I had to say all of those t-shirts is Lang Fisher Lang she really has so much fun with that um so I didn't get to do little whistle boy because that wasn't my season but yeah, all those weird t-shirts Lang just had an affinity for weird uh, sayings on t-shirts and that was our thing and so we would get they had to get them approved and then cut and so we just sort of made them in advance. And then she would say, there's a, uh, an episode coming up. Please have a shirt for this. So it was really, uh, that was Lang being, you know, a great writer and, you know, coming up with great, you know, sayings for Eric. That's so funny. Well, I mean, we could literally have multiple episodes with you and just talking <laughs> about, like, just diving into each show you've done because there's so many nuances to all the shows and the details and 
all of the different things that you've been able to do. So we, again, we really appreciate it. And hopefully maybe we'll have you back again to yeah. chat with us. <laughs> yeah, on the next anniversary of the mini project. Right, there <laughs> we go. Oh, <laughs> no, we well, really appreciate so it. It was fun to go back and reminisce on um, such a fun show. So thank you guys. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. I really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. See you guys. Guys, we hope you enjoyed listening to this interview as much as we loved getting to speak with Salvador Perez. Make sure to give him a follow on social and check out his work. Stay tuned next week for a new episode of Mindy the Podcast. Do, 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 do.